to your mother it's time for another episode of birds with friends just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the eagles eating teams like bacon steaks and cheese it's philadelphia bow and shield in the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins still bows old arch nemesis greg cosell shows up and it gets real pull up a branch and chill it's time to get ill with some birds with friends the early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bowolf and Shukapati are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Birds I'm gonna have friends. the rest of my life with these kids. Birds wow. Get, we gotta get that in a drop uh, immediately. I was edit that one out. That didn't come out quite. There's no editing. No, no editing yeah, on this that's podcast. That's the wonderful of Birds with Friends. No editing. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Thursday afternoon edition of Birds with Friends, one that's going to put the no editing to the test. We are live on YouTube for this bad boy. Sheil Kapadia, Zach Berman. Sheil, how are you? Well, this is, uh, you know, I always joke about you potentially getting fired, but we are live here. So <laughs> there, is a, there is a very, if we continue to do these, it's really only a matter of time. So maybe we can twist it into one of your terrible games and say uh, over under for when Bo gets fired for something he said on a live YouTube channel. But I'm here at uh, Pastaficio, as everyone can tell. You, you never look better. In, uh, in South Philly, you know, no, I didn't clear this through anybody, but uh, advertising <laughs> opportunity. I mean, if you're a business, you That's want true. us to be sitting at your uh, shop. We just do it because we love pastaficios. I'm going to change this in a minute. My kids, my wife, everybody kind of worked on my background a little bit more uh, this morning. But I just wanted to get out, get that out there. You know, we're always looking to make an extra buck. And I'll tell you what, you know, back in my uh, my past life, we might have we might have paid a little bit of money for that all state plug you're giving right there. Okay, there you go. And ZB. the dry cleaners as well. Yeah. ZB, how you doing? I'm well. Excited for the show. <laughs> excited for the show, baby. Uh, all right. Well, we've got uh, we've got a hard out, which is just what she likes, so uh, we can get going. We're going to talk a little bit of a craning camp preview, uh, talking about the things that we're most excited to see on the field next week. And then uh, Zach has prepared a game, so uh, we're looking forward to that. But before we do that, Zach, we heard from uh, from several uh, coaches and players today via Zoom. What were the uh, the highlights for you? So Matt Burke was the first person we we spoke with today, and uh, in in speaking to Matt Burke, he a man wanted... of mystery who's been on the team for two years. Our first time to get to talk to him. Yeah, so he, it seems he was on a one year contract last year when he was a consultant or senior defensive. Cons- yeah, yeah, he, he didn't have. Exactly. Uh, long history, obviously, with Jim Schwartz. Didn't want to get into the, the details of players because he hasn't seen them in pads yet, but spoke quite a bit about his story, which is interesting as well. Uh, he was a, a, a Dartmouth grad who was at Harvard, and Jim Schwartz called and, and interviewed for a quality control job down in Tennessee before quality control jobs really caught on and impressed during the interview, uh, Shields really going to like this fact. Did not have an apartment in Nashville when he moved mm. down. Slept in his office for three months, working 100 hours a week because we can get into this because it's a been a, it has been a banner week for football guys. Yes, but oh continue. yeah, they're yeah. they're all just cause they're oh. breaking out their biggest hits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's this week is that's a great like, backdrop, Shields. Uh, thank you. Yeah. These are this is artwork from the uh, kids. They were all down here making it look better this morning. I just had sort like of a that. white wall back there. We have like uh, an elliptical back there. I was like, we need something better, and so they uh, rose to action. I am not creative. I have no ideas of my own. So listen, if you guys don't uh, sponsor my background with one of your local businesses, then you get to see my kids' artwork. Leela, bang up job there. We Casey and I made some uh, some frogs out of egg or some uh, turtles out of egg cartons this morning. Mm, there you go. So, there you go. And you got Uncle Dave over your shoulder? Yeah, Uncle Dave, yeah, of course. that's great. Go, I'm sorry, Zach, guy. we cut you off as always. No, but I, I should say I, I was answering your question succinctly about the conference calls today, but because this is our first time speaking since uh, Monday, we should mention the fact that Doug Peterson is back. And Doug Peterson Hallelujah. was and yes, Doug Peterson was back in the office yesterday. We we spoke with Doug. I'll just give the the quick highlights from Doug. He says they'd be ready to play their preseason game tonight if they had to. This this would have been what else is he gonna say? This would have been the preseason <laughs> opener, but was they didn't even put on the pads. 
That's the most. That's that's a favorite of football guy. We'll play it. We'll play anyone anywhere. We don't. We'll, Chip Kelly. We'll go play in the parking lot. Well, and the, the thing us. about this season, Shield, is this season is going to be about which team is the most adaptable. Mm. Two opponents. Well, yeah, COVID, COVID and the team you're you got to have two playbooks, and and That's the COVID right. one might even be a little bit more important. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Doug's point, though, Doug's point was that they spent the past uh, two weeks installing the offense and defense, so so they they aren't at the point of installation when they get out there, which which is already happening. They will be actually practicing and and doing everything they would at this time of year. So that was Doug Peterson's point. And we had spoken a few weeks ago about how are they going to allocate time during training camp practices. And Doug said it's going to be very starter-centric. They're going to focus on getting their starters ready to play. And he also said, like, this this idea of having scrimmages, as expected, not a real thing. Like, he's like, well, you know, we always have, like, a couple live <laughs> yes. periods. We always have two days of live periods. We'll probably do the same thing. Like, it's not they're not going to have, a like, a full-team scrimmage. So it's uh, going to be similar to what they normally do, right? It's the I, exact same I, thing yeah, as they exactly. normally do. I think that was Brian Baldinger, right? He said he thought Baldy said, yeah, he said they were doing yeah. a little bit more. So, okay, so, uh, but I mean the the thing I wanted to ask Doug, and again, shut out over three in the last wow. Doug, Doug, uh, press conferences mm, was he's flipping uh, birds under that screen. But you, you know, like we talk, uh, coaches talk all the time about the importance of the off season and the OTAs and stuff like that. And he, at the same time is saying, Oh, we're not going to miss a beat. We're ready for week one. So like, where's the disparity is, is, uh, are we going to learn that maybe that other stuff is not so important or are your expectations for crispness in week one, uh, you know, downgraded a little bit? Well, I'm doing a, uh, a post for the athletic. Of course you can join the athletic if you don't by now i mean as you know i'm not afraid to say it on screen that you're pathetic but uh if you haven't we're doing a free video for you yeah theathletic.com slash birds with friends will uh get you 40 percent off and i'm doing a a continuity score for every team so Mm. you're you're combining uh head coach offensive play caller defensive play caller starting quarterback and returning snaps. So I looked at, oh, all right, okay. here's the here's good. all the snaps from last year. Oh, thanks for your approval. Um, doing all these the snaps from last year. How many, and I use 53-man roster projections from all our uh, tremendous beat writers. Yeah. So how many are expected to be on the team this year? Where do you That's think? That's a lot of work out of you. Uh, well, someone's got to do it. That's why uh, he's Bill Barnwell's favorite writer. <laughs> he's the number one writer in America. By the way, there was he's got his sights set on like uh, Eli Saslow for he wants to go beyond the best football writer in America. He wants to just be the best writer in America. Eli they, is the best writer in America. You, you can uh, you can comment on our our YouTube channel. There was Kyle says uh, setting the over under at eight minutes for Zach getting visibly frustrated at Bo at a Bo interjection, and uh, we have two unders for that uh, so yeah. far. So if anyone, uh, I don't know money. if we can get I don't know if we can get DraftKings involved and really make this interactive with live betting. You know I would like that, but well, where you know, do you think- I, I made I made a lot of money the other night on uh, betting the under on Sean McVay taking his shirt off on Hard Knocks. Well, that's a good take. Uh, Easy where money. do you think Where do you think the Eagles rank in this uh, this continuity rankings? So a score of one hundred would be you're bringing back head coach, both play callers, every player on your roster, and starting quarterback. That that's not realistic. Every player who played a snap last week. How are you waiting? How are is, are the five different categories each weighted evenly? Each have a third. Uh, quarterback is a third. Coaching okay. staff is a third. Roster is a third. So you asked us on, oh, okay. on this podcast a few weeks ago how many fit that criteria, uh, not with starters returning. And I believe the answer was 14. Was that right? I think it, that's right, yeah. Okay. So we know the Eagles are in the top 14. Um, well, the Eagles probably, I think what happened is they caught wind that Shield was doing this, and they were probably tied with somebody else. <laughs> and then they decided, you know what? Yeah. We don't Let's want to be tied anymore. Get Vinny Curry on the phone. We kind of break this tie. By the way, we'll get to Vinny Curry in a minute. Once once we address uh, or we speak about this, I, I I will go with six. That sounds like a good bet to me. I will take. Uh, I will take. I'll Team take the three. higher. Let's I'll, see. What do you got? You going to go one above or I'll one go lower? one above. Meaning meaning higher in the order. Like just give me the number. Better. I'll say five. Five. Uh, Z Burn with the victory. Video nice. Zach is undefeated, baby. YouTube Zach is undefeated in the guessing games. They are number 10. Why doesn't Bo get, get knocked for the game theory there, by the way? If, if that well, was I, me, if, if I went five, <laughs> I would hear about it for the next week. Is no, that I don't right? Th- I, I don't think so because he had a decision to make. Like, 
if he thought it, it wasn't yeah. like you bet two. I mean, if you would have bet two and he would have said one, then yeah, we would crush him. But there was some space there where they could have been in the top five, I think. Uh, yeah, and we know that they were one of the 14 teams. So it wasn't one to 32. It was one to 14. Yeah, yeah, but but, but the, the seven to 14 range and the one to five range you, you, the game theory would suggest I mean, better slightly shots. different odds, but I'm also trying to read Shields' face. Uh, the offense returns 73% of its snaps, which ranks 16th. The defense returns 63% of its snaps, which also ranks 16th. Because there's generally, yeah, there's more turnover uh, among the defenses than the offenses. That makes sense. Okay. Um, quickly, I wanted to get to a, a Matt Burke thing because uh, Zach did a thing that Zach is very good at. And I think she will appreciate oh, this. Zach I don't know does, what this is. Zach does the thing where uh, he likes to he likes to show his homework a little bit on the question. Mm, he goes like, "Coach, uh, tell me tell me a little bit about what it was like when you were 24 years old as a Harvard assistant, and uh, Jim Schwartz called you up and you interviewed uh, for that coordinator that, that quality control job. What was that like? <laughs> That's a good. By the way, I uh, you are about 90 percent correct. I don't call them coach though. That's I, true. That's I, true. I say Matt or I yeah. say Jim or Doug. Um, I'm not playing, so they're they're not my game. Coach. Is not for suckers. Will, yes. will you do a nickname? Like if you were covering the Patriots, would you be like Yo, uh, Stiddy? You you've really been no, I work. yeah, no, I'm I'm actually Stiddy careful about that. Uh, the only a nickname that I might have called Lashawn McCoy Shady a few times, mm. um, as I'm thinking about it, but because he earned called, it. I never called Hala Pulavati Big V. Always we called know, him Hala Pulavati. We know I that. remember yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. yes. That was, your, what, that was, that, that was I think, moments. your first appearance on Burns with Friends. Your first mention on Burns with Friends was uh, giving you credit for doing that. Oh, okay. Thank By you. the way, what I really like here is that, uh, you know, Marissa was asking us about the, the comments, who wants to monitor them, and I said I would. And so generally I just don't pay attention to what's being said by either of you, but now I have an excuse that I'm monitoring <laughs> the comments. So uh, I'm all for these video setups. You want to pay more attention? I would, that's a, no, 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 I don't. But now I can just, when you ask me something and I have no idea what you're talking about, I can I just see. say I was monitoring the comments. Fair enough. So uh, what did you think of, I, I, uh, I feel like I kind of liked a little bit of a Matt Burke. What did you think, mm. Zach? I mean, I, I don't profess to know someone over a 15-minute Zoom call. Oh, uh, oh but, come on. Right. The shot but, fired there. Uh, no, certainly both Matt Burke and, and Aaron Moorhead from a, like, uh, from an interview perspective, I would say uh, are 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 good for us. And if the bar is, if Carson Walsh is the bar yeah. here, they were a little. Well, bit I was going to say they're both upgrades, but I I enjoy talking to Philip Daniels as well. So um, did I. So, but I, I I do think Aaron Moorhead we have an upgrade there in terms of the interviews, <laughs> and I would say Matt Burke um, in in terms of the anecdotes uh, certainly is an upgrade over Philip Daniels. Did, did I, you I did Daniels. you think that Aaron Moorhead looked a little bit like Gabe Kapler? Yeah, that didn't cross my mind when you said it, but <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. That's the first uh, thing I, I was I was uh, in and out of those of, okay. of him and Vinnie Curry because you know yeah they they called on you in Vinnie Curry. I know. Well, you know oh, one thing. Oh wait, more on this, please. No, well, no, no, no. I imagine I actually I took my hand down right as okay. they were about to call on me. So uh, that's Boy. tough. But well, you know one thing I really love about this whole setup is like, uh, you know juggling the juggling the child care with another uh yeah. working spouse and figuring out what times you're each going to be on and then having a, a wrench thrown into it because uh we don't find out about when the press conferences are until a couple hours ahead of time so it's a you know it's a fun life these days so uh, in the case of of vinnie curry before we get on to our programming i would just say that uh, uh the question came up why he signed when he did and he said that the uh the death of his half-brother Due to COVID nineteen, back in the spring, uh, caused he, uh, he was grieving, and just put a pause on football at that point. And then did he we know that about his New his yes hey. yes that had been out there. Okay. Uh, oh, um, and and so he was he was talking about that. His brother uh, was a uh, a principal and a coach, wow. forty six years old, and and um, yeah, so hit hit Vinny hard as as one would imagine, and. And then he he recently got the itch and and he saw that the or or he figured the NFL was was a safe place based on the protocols in the buildings, uh, and then he but but he wanted to make that clear 
And then he also said it wasn't a situation where he was just sitting around on the market. Like there have been teams interested, but every team understood the situation he was in. And he really thanked his his teammates for being in touch with him basically every other day, checking in, seeing how he was doing. And he also said, like the, uh, which I thought was a good question, the experience in Tampa Bay sort of colored things for him too. Like, yes, this is a guy who he, he knows he likes it in Philly. He grew up an Eagles fan. Uh, you know, one year with the Bucks was probably enough for him to know that he didn't really want to be playing somewhere else. Uh, I, I will give credit where it's due. Uh, experience with uh, Dirk Cutter. He, <laughs> he didn't find that uh, well, I extremely think, rewarding. Was Dirk Cutter the head coach? Wasn't he? Yes, he was. Okay. Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, when I said uh, when I said it's it's been out there, Jeff Mosher uh, from from Inside the Birds, he 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 reported that about Curry. Gotcha. Uh, a uh, few months ago, or a few Bird, months ago, Birds with Friends, a podcast, uh, a media entity that uh, properly attributes to other sources uh, for information. Uh, qu- quite a thought. What up, know, that's right. Who's hosting Monday Night Football this year? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shields work is done. Do you want me to get to some comments here? Yeah. What do you got? Okay. Uh, Caro, I believe is, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, says uh, hello to uh, everyone. I, people uh, seem to be uh, excited to see everyone, but also to know that Marissa exists and that we didn't have like a, just some uh, imaginary producer who we were talking about from time to time. Uh, Felipe is very uh, excite, excited for this. Let's see. Uh, Ryan, loyal listener, loves the shirt. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, yeah, dress nicely for a, yeah, a, a work-at-home day. I mean, you got to put on a – we're going on video. This is big. Uh, is Max, that standard, though, by the way? Is is this what you wear every day, or is this just a special what do occasion? You think? Shirt? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, unless I'm rocking my uh, Indochino, then I usually just go casual. Uh, Matt one is looking forward to the Roman live demo. I, maybe I shouldn't have read that one out loud. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, John – Oh, John has a suggestion for you, both for these press conferences. It's kind of like a little middle school thing. You write a little note, write your question, pass it over to Zberm. Zberm asks your question for you. That uh, doesn't sound fair to Zach. Yeah, he's yeah. got his own question. Also, sometimes Bo gets in before me, by the way. It's it's not like a pecking order type thing. Okay. But that said, I did, uh, you know, every now and then, if, if Zach's working on a story, we're teammates, I'll, I'll, I'll double down on the question to get him a little bit more... You know, a little bit more info, as with uh, Fletcher Cox a couple weeks ago. And, and, they, and they asked Bo first. So right. they called on Bo first. So, so Bo asked the question that I was, I was going to ask. So, so then I did, and it actually worked out well for the story because I did just to follow up on that. And then he goes in a little more detail. So yes. I mean, that's the behind the scenes stuff that you only get with good teammates. Hit him yeah. from both sides. Exactly. That's good. Who knew how much Shield walked with his hands? I think he means talked with his hands. Am I ta- do yeah. I talk with my hands a lot? I don't know. I haven't noticed uh, that. Loyal, uh, loyal listener and friend of the pod, Rich Bobby, says hello to everyone. Uh, and there we go. I'll get to the others uh, in a little bit. Okay. Uh, I do like this. Is you know We've heard so much about Shield's basement. It's fantastic to, to finally get to see it. This is the best version of it. Trust me. Mm. Well, <laughs> fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening. The sun is shining and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Subscribe to the perfect package and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value add, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20, all one word, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. Zach, why don't you show us those boxer briefs? I will pass on that one. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get to um, a bit of a draft game-ish thing, a little Cranny Camp preview. Not a competitive draft because, uh, you know, we don't want the fisticuffs 
Yeah, we don't want this, me to really embarrass you guys again. So let's just make episode. this light, friendly. Yeah, I agree. We actually yeah. have a, a draft concept that will involve Bo and I. So Shields, Shields pushed out of that one. And uh, am I allowed to share what it is? Oh, sure. I don't think Bo knows what you're talking about. <laughs> I guess I, I think now, but go ahead. Oh, does it not make sense to do it? I, I, I thought it made sense to do it after we watched the players during camp. What are you talking about? Why don't you say what you're talking <laughs> okay, about? Okay, sorry. So I, I had texted Bo saying I have this I, idea <laughs> oh, for yes. how to inc- incorporate a draft in our coverage. This is a competitive one where we designate Carson Wentz as the steady quarterback. So you can't take the quarterback. And then you draft the team with the 80 players on the Eagles. Okay? It's the same way we did the Laurier draft. Sure. But with the players on, on the team – you 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 have it's a good exercise. You have this scheme and 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 this coaching staff and this quarterback, and the whole purpose of it is is to kind of weigh who the most important players are because there's some positions where they have depth, some positions that they don't. Uh, so after we get a chance to see these guys in camp, and obviously because of numbers, we can't do three of them. It's a great so, idea. Do, yeah. So I get to be the judge, obviously. That'd be great, know. actually. Yeah. Yes. There you go. So you, so are you going to do this on a podcast or on the athletic or both? Uh, both. I, mean, I was probably thinking. double yeah. down the content, yeah. you know, okay. keep there that content churning. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm already thinking about who I'm going to take with the second overall pick after Zach takes Josh Sweat. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. But for this, we're going to talk about just uh, the, the storylines or players that we are most excited to see on the field next week. And the, the deal is we are probably going to have two weeks of open practices starting next Monday. Is that correct, Zach? That is correct. Okay. So, um, Zach, as the uh, as the loser of the last draft, why don't oh, you get to go? Gosh. Why don't you get to go first? <laughs> well, that is subjective. I think I will uh-huh. say we'll go three or four rounds. We'll see how much juice we've got on this bad boy. Uh, so the the first thing I I, I want to see is Darius Slay. I want to see Darius Slay out there. Uh, Jim Schwartz had, had had mentioned that coming out of the huddle in 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 camp, they're going to have Slay pick a receiver and follow that receiver. Uh, now it's it's not as if it's following Julio Jones, but it's that concept in mind. So we are finally going to see the beginning stages of how this defense will look with Slay following a wide receiver. I will predict that uh, one of the storylines of the next two weeks will be uh, a majority of beat writers discussing how good Darius Slay looks. Like this, this is a corner who can cover. Better than any corner we've seen on the Eagles since. I, I don't even know uh, who the comparison would be. But I, I think his skill set, you know, I learned very early in my... Uh, Boy, in my is beat- this guy blanketing J.J. Ortega-Whiteside yeah, all over right. the no, field. No, I mean, do you, I remember one thing I learned early on was like, uh, and I screwed this up big, it was because I screwed it up, was that during like an OTAs, I don't even remember who the running back was, but I was like... Oh my gosh, look at this guy. He's got all kinds of juice, you know, catching the ball, uh, making guys miss. But there are certain guys who are, their skill set fits, you know, kind of a, you know, a a non-padded practice. And so I could see Darius Slay just blanketing guys, uh, breaking up passes, getting interceptions, his teammates being really excited, maybe a pick six, uh, star of camp every day, and the expectations reaching a very high level. But then we'll see, uh, and maybe it will continue during the regular season. Maybe it will not. But I think uh, he's going to be kind of first on the hype train over the next two weeks. And uh, the flip side to that, uh, and I'll just I'll just take the second pick here, is uh, there are guys with that skill set where it it matters if they don't flash right away. And uh, to that point, I'm taking Jalen Rager because the Eagles need Jalen Rager to be a part of the offense right away. And Jalen Rager has had, you know, no uh, spring, and he's jumping into things. First of all, I want to see, is he, you know, working with the first-team offense right away? Are they are they going from jump with that? And two, like, does he look does he look good? He, he needs to look like the guy with the most juice on the field, really, uh, because Deshaun Jackson is not going to be running full speed all the time. So, uh, like, if Jalen Rager looks like he's playing at a different speed, that's a very good sign for the offense, or it's at least – like a check mark, and if he doesn't, then uh, you know all of a sudden we're we're worried again about whether the Eagles have enough explosiveness on offense. 
Yeah, you guys had, uh, you know, I had sort of, I didn't put them into tiers. I don't think anyone would expect me to do that kind of preparation or work for this podcast, but just writing them down. On I, don't even, I don't even have a board. I'm going off the dome on this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, once we get to the fourth round, just skip me and uh, move <laughs> on. But uh, I did have Rager and Slay as two of my top three. I think Rager will be sort of the offensive equivalent of what I just said with Slay. But I think it's obviously more important for him because uh, he should come in and based on what they're saying and based on his skill set, you know, he should be looking really, really good in camp unless it's taking him time to sort of process the offense and that kind of thing. But uh, I think there will be a lot of hype around uh, Jalen Rager also in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, I think that would probably be my my number one. I would want to see um, Jalen Rager, what he looks like, where he's playing, what they're asking him to do. What's his chemistry like with, uh, with Carson Wentz, all those different types of things. Maybe we'll see uh, Darius Slay travel and uh, cover Jalen Rager. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. One-on-ones or something, or a little red zone or anything like that. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, but then also, like, Doug being in Slay's ear, like, don't ruin this guy's confidence. We need this guy. <laughs> yeah. Let him, let, him, let him have one. <laughs> that could be the case. Maybe he'll uh, try to tackle him. That's I a Jimmy Kemp scheme. No, yeah, right. I, don't, yeah. I don't think he's got to worry about that. <laughs> uh, uh, I will go with... Uh, Andre Dillard. Uh, mm, obviously, like it, it's not a offensive lineman. It can be a little bit more challenging in this environment. It, you know, it's really the wide receivers, the pass catchers, the defensive backs, the quarterback. Those are the guys you're watching more. But there will be a couple padded practices. I mean, we'll get to see what is that interaction like with uh, Jeff Stoutland and Andre Dillard. What what's Dillard look like? Um, you know, how is he taking to coaching? He had a little bit of a breakdown, of course. Uh, last year during the one practice are there defensive linemen who are pushing him are they testing him is Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson are they telling the defensive linemen to do that to get him ready for what uh, the regular season is going to be like or do they say uh, take it easy we really again we really need this guy's confidence to be high and so uh, specifically during those padded practices uh, I would have my eye on Andre Dillard uh, because they're just I mean the three guys we mentioned you know, I talked about the continuity stuff. Like, these are the three guys they need to be really good this year. If those three guys are really good with what you're bringing back, like, I do think there's a high ceiling on this team. If they're not, it's a huge hole that could really, uh, really devastate uh, parts of your season. I think that's well said. Uh, yeah, if we get, uh, are we going to get another Barnett-Dillard fight? Or are we going to get a, I guess we can we can get to a potential fight as a draft pick later on in the draft, so. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's right. And then the, the the corollary to that is, is it indeed nothing but Dillard at left tackle and Peters at right guard, which is what I would expect at least to start. That would be quite a uh, quite a wrinkle if Jason Peters was just out there at left. Or it's like, gonna be, yeah, I liked, it's, yeah, I liked it, your joke before where you said Dillard's not looking and Peters just slides over there. And <laughs> <laughs> no one tells him to move. It's going to be the the practice in the bubble where there's fewer reporters and it's going to be on. Uh, you know, on, on the pool reporter to notice that Andre Dillard has buried on, or that Jason Peters has buried Andre Dillard under the, under the mat. Uh, do you want to go again or are we snaking this bad boy? Yeah, or? you got to yeah, snake, snake it. You okay. can be the third pick and then mm, not snake it. All right, Is this I've, the NFL draft? Of course yeah, you snake it. Yeah. I've, I've got a couple that I'm choosing from here. Hmm. Which one is kind of, I'll, I'll go with this one. Maybe it's a little more under the radar. I, I would like to see what Jalen Mills looks like. At at safety. I mean, this is a big position change. A guy who's coming back from your defense, but in a totally different role. Uh, Is it the Malcolm Jenkins role? Do we just see him up in the box, covering tight ends, uh, playing the run? Or do we see him and Rodney McLeod interchangeable? Is Jalen Mills playing the deep middle at all? Or is the offense uh, bombing the ball downfield? And uh, there's confusion and safeties and corners are looking at each other saying, what's going on here? I mean, he is in a big spot. Uh, you know, bad safety play can really get you exposed, can really make you give up a lot of big plays, can really ruin uh, parts of your defense. So there, there are parts of this, I think, that are going to be easy for Jalen Mills. I don't think he's going to be as good as Malcolm Jenkins in terms of playing the run, but I do think he's going to be fine there. I think he can match up with tight ends, but sort of the other stuff is, um, is a little bit uh, what I'm interested in with him. And uh, again, the, the other thing on that is Schwartz, I think, said, I mean, that, that, as he said, as an open competition, you know, Will Parks is is supposedly coming for that job yeah, too. Don't you come on? What are you using? When we got a draft to get through. But here. I feel like Mills and that that goes together. No, you got to separate Will Parks. You're going to draft yeah, Will Parks. Make your own pick. That's your pick, Will Parks. 
That's not my pick. <laughs> All right, Zach, you're up. <laughs> That's a big second-round pick. Man. Uh, I am taking uh, – what was I going to say? Oh, I'm taking the uh, the Jalen Hurts experience. Uh, give Ooh, me – I've got Jalen like and Jalen. And, um, you know, I don't expect that we're going to see anything uh, – they're not going to be showing us anything of, like, Jalen Hurts with the first-team offense. Maybe, like, one day just to get uh, get the reporters tweeting about it and so the week one opponent has to prepare. But uh, I want to see how he throws the ball. Is he working with the second team or the third team? Uh, you know, my understanding of Jalen Hurts is that he's probably more of a gamer than a, uh, you know, look great throwing the ball in practice when the bullets aren't live kind of guy. So how does he look? He's not going to be working with a great group of second and third team receivers. So uh, what does he make of that? And, uh, you know, just what's the, what's the overall Jalen Hurts experience like on the field? Like- what's, what's the most excited you've seen – a team be about a second or third string quarterback at a training camp Carson Wentz 2016 really Mm. yes I have a very clear one in my head Michael Vick first joining the team I mean guy's been out of football yeah I have never seen teammates hoot and holler for a guy Mm. like that who just with the with the the like sort of you know the the special plays he was making whether he was juking guys his speed his arm it was like it was crazy because i mean they had all played like video games with michael vick before and all of a sudden he's out of prison he's on their team and like the guy looked you know physically looked unbelievable like he looked like he was different than all these top level athletes i just remember then thinking man if he's like if he gets to a certain level where he looks competent, like the locker room will just want this guy to be quarterback. Cue and, up Bo mentioning his team right now. Yes. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, you, they, all those guys were thinking this guy is going to lead the Jeffrey Lurie Eagle champion. I remember there. I have, a, I have a specific vivid memory of him like juking a linebacker out of his out of his mm, uh, shorts, but I can't remember who that linebacker yeah. was. So, I mean, I don't remember good anything. Good story. So, yeah. Shu, I, I do have a, a Lurie-era draft question here while we were oh, talking boy, about Vic. You guys, you can't let it go. No, 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 no. So <laughs> I, I take Foles as my backup quarterback. Yeah. You have the next pick. Did you consider yes. going Vic there? You should have. To, to box Bo out. And you would have ended Bo the draft there. Like, like Bo wouldn't have had a quarterback then. It, it would have been, what, Garcia and Cunningham? Yeah, you would, have, you, would have, you would have ended me. I think I well I did end you uh, to be clear, but uh, I think that uh, I think I brought it up during the draft, right? That yeah, I, was gonna, I think you yeah. should have followed through. But then, okay. well, no. Then I just looked at my roster and I said, I mean, he can have anybody he he wants. It doesn't matter. I have such a big lead at this point um, that Fair he's enough. screwed. Now going back for entertainment value, yes, I think that would have been more fun if I would have boxed him out and then he would have been, then he would have really been selling us on Randall. You know, I've got Randall as my backup, (laughs) but man, Bo would have been breaking out those Vikings clips of him throwing the ball to Randy Moss and telling us, imagine this guy with John. Well, I guess, no, that would have really screwed you because you couldn't have sold us on Randall Cunningham and John Gruden because that's what we saw and it didn't work. Oh man. All right. Now that I'm rethinking it, yes, I would have done that. My Although, one, my one uh, pick I would I would do over is I would have taken uh, Lane Johnson when I took Brian Westbrook. That's my only. I would have taken Willie, Willie T. I, I had multiple shots where I was about to take Willie mm-hmm. T and didn't. That was a mistake. A a, a quick John Gruden Randall Cunningham anecdote. I was uh, reading Vic Tafer's story on. Am I pronouncing it correctly? But I'm, so, I'm sorry. I make that mistake every time. I apologize. Okay. Uh, Vic Tafor. I was reading Vic Tafor's story on Nelson Aguilar. Good piece. On, on how, you know, this was always meant to be for him to team up with uh, Gruden. And Gruden has a quote in there about how how talented Aguilar is. And he said, you probably won't read about it in the Philadelphia Inquirer, referencing, like, his, <laughs> his time in Philadelphia. But he said, Not anymore. He said, no, but he said, uh, he, he said, but Randall Cunningham had to leave Philadelphia. Maybe the same thing will happen with Nelson Aguilar. Uh, what was the, what does that mean? Uh, I, I, like, like basically, uh, that, that Cunningham had the second life yeah. after leaving, after leaving Phil. Yeah, John, he he, he left Philadelphia after you were because coaching. of you. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's, you I ben- was thinking that. You when benched I read it. him, John. Uh, but it was. <laughs> and, then he, and then he led the Vikings to the NFC. <laughs> t- oh man, what a follow up! Yeah. What a retort that would have been. But he's but it, doesn't he work? Isn't he like the team chaplain now? Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Right, yeah. 
Oh yeah! Uh, wow, yeah. Uh, that, that that's amazing. Now, now and Deshaun what, wrote that piece. Yeah, yes. yeah. There is a story on that as well. Now, what did I didn't get to read the Aguilar story yet? Why did John Gruden say like this was meant to be with him and Aguilar? Yeah, so this is an interesting story. I, I I would recommend our subscribers going over and and reading it. But as as our listeners know, Nelson's from Tampa and has a history with uh, Gruden. A matter of fact, this I, I found this interesting. I, this I didn't know this. This is very funny. I saw this. Um, yeah, so Gruden used to get coffee at a gas station where Nelson's brother worked. Oh, oh it was a is, gas is station. There. I thought it was a. I thought it was a track, like a horse oh, track. Tr- oh, a horse track. Okay. I, that's what I. That's <laughs> sorry, what I thought it was. I, I, might have read. I could be okay, wrong. It was something. That's when was, I. That's what like, he was getting his morning coffee at the horse track. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was against. It was something about stopping for gas, maybe on the way to the track. I I, I don't know, but it was something with with Nelson's brother, and and so they had formed the bond. And then also, uh, a Nelson's high school coach at Berkeley Prep, uh, Dom was uh, Asai. It's it's C I A O, I believe. It's Sayao, Sayao, Sayao. Yeah. I interviewed him. I went to Berkeley Prep for a yes. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That did not so, turn out very well. <laughs> so, uh, but but they have a, a background too. So it was a neat story. I enjoyed reading it. I watched like I watched like uh, fourteen hours of uh, high school volleyball. Didn't really volleyball, lead to much. But, volleyball yeah. is so fun to watch. I covered the, volleyball Like the college. number one high school best sport. Board, I could, it was fantastic. I covered. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So, I did men's and women's. Uh, unbelievable I athletes. watched the high school football game. Like, not interested Boring. at all. Yeah, that no, vo- the volleyball you. tournament was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I am up here, and uh, I will go with the cornerback competition, opposite slay. Uh, so, so that's Avante Maddox, Sydney. Jones, Rasul Douglas competing for that starting spot, and then also the competition to start at linebacker. And the co- the quick context that these I will give these are back to back picks. These, these are, are back to back picks. The quick context that I will give to our 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 listeners is in a typical year there are um, three weeks of practice we get to watch the first two weeks, and then the week between the first two preseason games, and then after that second preseason game, that's when teams start to prepare for the season. So they always say, we're going to put our depth chart in place week three of the preseason, and that's the week that we don't usually get to watch them. Um, so oftentimes, you don't get to see who that starter is. You find out about it from word of mouth. Obviously, with no preseason and with the training camp being the way it is, we will see the competition in front of our eyes, and those are really the only two spots that are up for grabs, I would say. The starting cornerback spots and then both linebacker spots, but really the linebacker spot next to Nate Gary. My, and, my, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say my favorite football coach move during training camp is a press conference where someone asks about the depth charter starters, and they say, well, we don't have a depth chart. Come on, it's the middle, middle of August. we got a long way to go. And then five minutes later, they're going ones, ones, ones <laughs> yes, out there. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Chip used to say depth yeah. charts in sand, but but then he was like the starters, yeah. So then he, he put Deshaun on the second team, and Deshaun exactly. was crazy, so that didn't yeah. work out very well. Exactly. Great um, story, great great news break there by Tim McManus on that story. I remember. Uh, along those lines, uh, this is not this is not my. <laughs> he just he just pours salt. He loves that to throw yes, loves to throw yes. a team back in. Uh, this is not my pick, but just to follow up on what you were saying, I mean the Eagles have more, they have more safeties in camp than they have linebackers right now. They have eight safeties and seven linebackers on the roster. It's a great stat. Uh, so I am curious to see. I mean I think we're going to see more dime than we ever have from them. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see is that. Craven LeBlanc as the sixth defensive back, or I think more likely is it Will Parks or even Kayvon Wallace? Um, so Bo is so there. excited to pick Will Parks at some point. I'm here. not picking Will Parks. Yeah, but I'm curious to see. Like, are we, I mean, are we doing this these, is like a flirtation, the likes yeah. of which I've never seen before. My gosh, just admit you like somebody. I mean, you know, everyone knows I like a full sentence all star, but. Uh, that's that's not where I'm going. All right, so now that Bo's uh, covered three other storylines, what's his pick? Well, are we supposed to use this time to talk about the things? Is that the uh, absolutely point? not. We're supposed okay. to get in and get out as fast as possible so we can move on with our lives. Uh, you know, this is a good time, I think, to get to a word from our sponsor. Let's hear from, uh, as you can see, for those of you watching on video, the, the best-dressed man probably in America. Oh, that's right. There you go. All right, on that note, I, I want to get through some of these comments. Then I feel like we should wrap up the draft so we could get to uh, Zach's game since we have a... We'll go, we'll go speed round. 
through the last uh, five picks. Zach, I know you put work into that. You've prepared. Oh, that's okay. Bo that's okay. Bo doesn't care. All right, let me. No, no the game's meant to promote the the game is meant to promote Bo's story. We got so. half an hour. We can yes. go. We, we'll go okay. speed round. Uh, Jordan says, "Imagine the Lurie draft with video." Oh, baby, we could have mm. got a lot of sponsorships for that bad boy. Uh, Kev wants to know: Is Danell Ellerby the best Eagles free agent linebacker signing in the past five years? Uh, well, five years counts Bradham. Okay. I think. So the answer yes, is no. it does. Yeah. All right. No. Uh, Gene likes my shirt. I Indochino, Gene. You can look. Uh, is that an Indochino me. shirt? No, it's yeah, not. I don't think so. Uh, but they have some that look just like this and are, <laughs> are high quality. That's a great transition right there. <laughs> uh, uh, Rich Bobby says, "Bo, that's a quality Yeti. Are you drinking from a Yeti?" This is the this is the Rich Bobby Yeti. Oh, that bad boy Come is on. fantastic. Rich Bobby, what a guy. People want to know what I was drinking. I didn't have time to make. I usually have my afternoon espresso or a mm. half a cup of coffee. I didn't have time to make that, so I, I settled for a little iced green tea, and it, it seems to be uh, doing the trick here. All right. Double dip in a coffee and a, uh, a Wegmans ginger seltzer. You're drinking so those both at the same time? Yes. That's disgusting. What's the matter with you? I'm, I'm not mixing them together. They're not, like, cohabitating. Yeah. No. You, you drink a Sometimes coffee. Sometimes you need a little bit of a refresher. Sometimes you need a little pick-me-up. That's the, it's psychotic behavior. Uh Frank wants to know, 10 minutes in and no one comments about Bo's haircut. We've got Clark Griswold in the flesh. Now, you've, you've, gotten, that, you've gotten that before, right? Yeah, young you Chevy said, Chase, it's, uh, it's about I think it, the it sweet does spot. look great. You, yeah, you look great. All right, let's see. Uh, uh, Khalif is rating us all on our setups. He says, mm. judging by their outfits, it's very clear that she'll put the most stock into this historic event. Chris <laughs> Button-Up, Chrome over the years, 8 out of 10. Thank you, Khalif. I agree with you. Uh, mediocre showing. With the casual thin polo from Bo, this isn't a garden party. Six and a half out of ten. I don't know what a garden party is, but I love. You that. know what I love? Well, go ahead, finish uh, the. Uh, and then we got Zach. Is Zberm in a hoodie? DJ headphones. <laughs> Disappointing. Bonus points for the slick setup with the chrome frame and recessed lighting. I like a white couch a little more than you do. Disappointing. Six out of ten. That's Fair enough. I'm I'm in my basement here as opposed to where I, I usually nice. work. Nice, wow, nice basement. Yeah. I thought that was like your yeah. living room. I want to. Come our, our living room is our basement. Yeah, oh, well, so that's good too. Yes. One thing I really love about these days is uh, you know taking my taking my window to shower and then uh, you know going outside walking Casey around in the stroller and just being a uh, a puddle of sweat like one block later because it's so humid outside. It's it's, it's fun these days. Okay. Caro uh, says, thank you, Marissa, for putting up with these losers. Uh, amen to that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Chris says, this is next level podcasting. Audio only will never suffice going forward. That's loyal listener, Chris. Uh, let's see here. What kind of numbers we got right now? Uh, we got 85 people watching. Oof. 16 likes. We got to bump that up. Yeah. That's and pathetic. 70 I'll never subscribers. Do I think that's pretty good for our, our for day one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, we can uh, we we can keep going here, so we get to uh, the rest of the stuff. All right, I'll go quickly. Uh, JJ Arthega Whiteside is he alive? Is he a part of the first team offense? Does he look like he is an NFL player? Uh, that's a good one. That was on my list, and I'll stick with the receivers. How about a little? Uh, whoa, John Hightower, Quez Watkins. These, you know, then then the Eagles are sort of feeding stuff. This is off the record, but in a normal year. Those guys would have been second-round picks. Let, let me <laughs> let me let me tell you. You know, this is not for uh, attribution, but um, let's see. It's always fun to have a back of the roster wide receiver who shows some juice in training what, camp. The, and as you talked about, these these are the scenarios in which one of those guys needs to shine. And we, I think we uh, said last year, Bo, or maybe the last two years, we're like. This training camp sucks. There's no back of the roster. Yeah, wide like receivers. Carlton Agadosi is not <laughs> yeah. getting it done for us. Right. Okay. Oh, do I, and I have to go again to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of underrated. I, I look forward to seeing one of you tweet out a picture of Jason Peters in between Jason Kelsey and Lane mm. Johnson. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's going to work. It might not, but that's kind of fun. I mean, these are three legendary players uh, for this franchise, really three of the best offensive linemen in franchise history, lining up from center to uh, right tackle. Uh, I want to see what Peters looks like, what he's doing, and how those three are working together. Yeah, setting aside the initial reactions, like I am, it's it's going to be fun to watch it's Peters fun. try to play right guard. Yeah. Uh, my last one is uh, my favorite part of training camp, and that is finding my third-team offensive line crush. I mean, mm. one of these guys is going to pop for me. Is it going to be Luke Jiriga? Is it going to be Julian Good-Jones? Is Sua Opeta going to continue his strong place in my heart? 
I'm going to find out, you know, which of these guys I like. Are all those real people? They are. Okay. And I will round it out by uh, going with the quarterback. It's it's funny that we don't usually talk about oh, that this whole offseason, really, Carson Wentz has not been a big topic. In these calls with Doug Peterson, Carson's name doesn't usually come up. Uh, he's he's the franchise. I want to see how he looks. I want to see how he's adapting to any changes, however subtle they may be, in the offense. I want to see him go deep to these receivers. Uh, how does Carson Wentz look, the, the stronger buffer, if you will, Carson Wentz? There you go. Very good. All right, ZB, tee, tee us up with your game. So this really is, uh, and I, I say this with sincerity, I really enjoyed Bo's piece on the offense, uh, the facts, information about the offense. What was it, 7,000 words, Bo? Yeah, a little bit over. Yeah, and and the defense is not, next. Um, not an efficient but, use of time. No, it's, it's, it's a really good piece. It, you can find morsels of information that you can use all year, on these players, um, but I thought it would be a fun exercise to uh, pick out information from this story, and this is how the game is set up. So I am going to ask Shield, or I'm going to read three passages to Shield. So three players, a, a passage on on each player. Two of them are from Bo's piece, and then one is from a different piece that has appeared on the Athletic, not by Bo. Wow, good synergy from all the Athletic. Sh- Shield has to pick which one was not written by Bo in this piece. Does I, that make sense? Uh, I think I understand. Let's see. Let's see. How well, right, how so, well does Shield know does Shield know Bo? I feel I like mean, you better do well on this, otherwise I mean, I'm gonna be very I, disappointed. All I know is Zach said he has a game where Shield don't read Bo's seven thousand word piece. And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do and, it. And so the yeah, purpose of That's what of, I really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. So the purpose of, of, of this game really is to give you a sense of the type of information Bo is providing here. Okay. Um, so uh, we'll start with, with quarterbacks. Wentz. Uh, Wentz has the sixth lowest interception percentage over the last three seasons, but his 34 fumbles during that span are tied with Jameis Winston for most in the league. Sudfeld. I, for one, am rooting for Sudfeld to pull a page out of his childhood friend's book and show up to camp looking like he spent quarantine mainlining hamburger milkshakes, throwing deep on every play, and blaming incompletions on the dragonflies buzzing near his face. And then Hertz. Hertz did leave all I'm sorry, Hertz did lead all college players with 17 red zone touchdowns last year, and his legs could provide a means of lessening a smidge of the physical toll taken by Wentz. All right, so wait, two so two of these sentences were written by Bo. Yes. And a third was written by somebody, but it wasn't Bo? Correct. Yes, a, a third was on the athletic somewhere else. Was it potentially me or you? Yes. They're all me or you. Oh, they're actually. all me or oh, you. They're oh, all God. Oh. Yes. Oh man. Oh boy, this is tough because I was thinking that I'm like that. And one. they're mostly you, by the way. Oh, okay. Oh god. Like five of the six are you. Don't tell him that. This, this is a great game because you know that I don't remember anything yeah. that I do or anyone else does. All right, well, uh, the Nate Sudfeld one is definitely Bo because mm-hmm. because uh, Bo texted us. And asked about uh, what's the guy's name? Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson. Yeah, yeah, Bryson DeChambeau. So I know that's. They fun. grew up uh, across the street from each other. Good buddies. Okay, uh, and the other two, you know, I don't feel like I, I feel like I definitely have looked up the Wentz thing with the interception rate and the fumbles and the Jameis Winston thing sounds familiar. And so I'm going to say that was me, and that the Jalen Hurts one was both. That is correct. That's correct. Ooh, that is from uh, your that, that's from your nerd guide. Okay. Well, running backs. <laughs> uh, I like this. Great, great game, Zach. Was, okay, I, yeah. I was oh. worried the game wouldn't be very good. No, I love okay. this. Yeah, this, okay. this really, it, it plays to our uh, personalities because if it were anyone else, it would be easy. But um, I again, I don't remember anything, so it, it's good. And the best news for the listeners, I'm not involved. I know, that's right. Uh, Miles Sanders. Including the playoffs, Sanders finished his rookie season with 1,178 all-purpose yards or 0.669 of a mile. The Eagles are ready to watch that odometer rise. Boston Scott. The Eagles don't believe how Scott played in December was a mirage or simply a hot streak, but rather an indication that he can be a weapon for the offense. Elijah Holyfield. Only 12 running backs since 1999 ran a 40-yard dash at the combine in 4.75 seconds or slower and ended up rushing for a single yard in the NFL, not since the immortal Aaron Stecker has one carved out an extensive career. All right. Well, well, Holyfield has Bo written all over him. Yes. 
Uh, and then I will say the other two, I think uh, Miles Sanders was Bo. And Zach, I believe I remember you writing. I think that was you who wrote that about Boston Scott, if memory serves. Yes, good See? job, Bo. You guys uh, think I don't pay correct. attention? Look at me. I'm crushing this. I'm nailing and, this. And, uh, and, and that is the... The last one here that's not written by Shield, by the way. The, the rest <laughs> you of shouldn't them. give that away. You should get. You should make no, him no. think that he doesn't <laughs> okay. remember his own writing. Um, Shield uh, has, has unfortunately has has not written much yet about Boston Scott. <laughs> the time is going to come. I like a Boston Scott. You know, I yeah. do. I do wonder, like Back one storyline going into the off season and camp is uh, how much stock did they put into like that last month of the season because. My impression this offseason is that they put like a lot of stock into that. Yes. Like they thought that they found some kind of formula of Carson Wentz taking over the team, not having a lot of strong, having sort of young guys around him, not strong personalities where it was clear he was the leader. Under center uh, play action. Yeah, schematically and sort of big picture. And so um, generally that's a bad thing to do is to put a lot of stock into four games that ended your season to put you at nine wins. But um you know, so I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I like assigning you guys work. So, you know, in case you're stuck and it's like August 28th and you don't have a story idea, maybe that pops into your head. And I didn't, we, we didn't, uh, nobody picked like offensive scheme changes in the draft that we just did. But I think we all sort of understand that they're not going to show us too much while it's open. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Like you're going to be watching the entire practice. What? They're not going to do Yeah, they don't have much time not to. to not do it because they're afraid you're everyone knows what they're going to do. Look at who they brought in uh, in the offseason. Uh, I mean, maybe you won't see. I don't know. I think you're going to see. Like, I think most they still it. keep it. I, I mean, yeah. it's like basic stuff that they already run. They're going to show like getting that okay. stuff down. And then I think they put in, you know, weekly game plan stuff that we don't get to see. NFL paranoia. Oh, should we talk a little bit? Should we talk a little football guy? What's been going on this week? Yeah, let's see. In the middle? I mean, this nonsense from the UMass coach. Did you see this? You guys heard about this? You see this? I saw the quote. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely unhinged stuff. Just, I mean, he said, he said, uh, finding out the season was canceled was basically worse than when both of his parents died. So, you know, that's a, that's a a well adjusted individual who you want to entrust uh, the lives of young men to. And uh, this is one. Of, this is one of those where we're live, and I just don't want to respond. So. And uh, and and uh, seriously though, uh, you know, a, a, a tip of the hat with a, a headbutt to uh, one of the immortal football guys, Howard Mudd, who passed. I think mm. when I think of a, when I think of a, a football guy, I can't think of anybody more uh, more suited to that than Howard Mudd. And uh, the thing that I remember him most for, I can't say on the air. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, I have fond memories of, of Howard Mudd. You know, I remember those training camps at Lehigh where it was him and Jim Washburn. Fantastic. Just, I mean, the words coming out of their mouths should not be repeated by anybody, <laughs> but you could tell it was like two old guys who were just like, you know what, we're best friends. We're coaching on the same team, and like, let's uh, let's piss our guys off and really like get after this. And they just had a blast with it. Uh, I remember that, and I, maybe you guys can re- remind me of this one. Now that I think it was Andy's last season, but I'm not sure where they had like a late season win. And I remember like an image of Howard Mudd and Andy Reid like going into the tunnel, uh, and Mudd had like his arm around him. And somebody on Twitter said that Mudd like apologized to Andy for like the way the season went and basically I thought it was after that, the last game. Yeah, so 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 Les Bowen put okay. that out last oh, night I missed that that okay. that, th- that it was after the final game of the Reed era. They 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 lost at at the Meadowlands to the Giants and uh it was a bad loss. We all knew it was the end really for Andy. And as they're walking off the field, Mud had his arm around Andy. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I definitely remember that uh, that scene and then uh two ones that two other ones that I remember are when I was in Seattle, uh, Howard Mudd actually lived in the same town as me in Kirkland, hmm. uh, Washington, a great town in the suburbs of Seattle. And so uh, he had a book coming out. And so he was like on Twitter and stuff. And so I reached out to him and I said, I wanna, I'm doing these like film breakdowns, you know, could I give you a call and uh, you help me out? And uh, it was awesome. I mean, you know, he just like was unloading on players. I mean, saying stuff that I could not print about like the linebacker's courage of wanting to make a tackle basically. <laughs> and, you know, and here I'm thinking like the, the Seahawks had some kind of wrinkle with their offensive scheme. And he's just like, uh, you know, you can write what you want, but they're not doing anything <laughs> special, special here. Like this is just terrible defense type thing. And so uh, I felt you could just tell at that point, like 
he was in no rush to get off the phone. Like he would have talked to me for mm-hmm. two hours. I could have kept adding plays. Uh, he was not in the league anymore, but you could just tell like he was just a lifer. And um, I, you know, and then I called him uh, in Philadelphia. I don't know if it was 27 or 2018 doing a fil- another film breakdown. I think it was when things weren't going great uh, for the Eagles. So it might've been 2018. And I think there was a sack and uh, he's just like, you know, it looked like there was some confusion before the snap. And, you know, I was like, all right, so, you know, Kelsey Wentz communication or something. He's like, that's, that's not on Kelsey. Kel- Kelsey's way too smart to make a mistake like that. He's like, that's, all, that's on the quarterback uh, all the way. And so it kind of went full circle. I remember my first, you know, when he first got here, the big thing was he, as soon as Kelsey got there, he was like, Kelsey's starting over Jamal Jackson, right. basically. Yes. That was his guy. And, uh, you know, they, they obviously had a great relationship. I know when the Seahawks uh, hosted the Eagles, that mud went to like the Eagles team hotel to see Kelsey and to see other people there. Um, and he said he was giving him like tips in the lobby. I remember. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's just sad. He obviously, it seems like you, you kind of see an outpouring from like the, the football community for him, kind of this legendary, uh, offensive line coach. And so, um, you know, all, all the best to, uh, his family. I well talked, I talked to him, um, a couple of years ago for that Jason Peters story. And he mm. was, it was the same. He was, you know, he was happy to talk uh, for as long as possible. Um, and then there was this story of how, of how Peters and he had gotten to this like huge yelling match in the beginning of camp. Uh, because, you know, this was a totally new scheme. He was teaching Peters a different way to do things. And Peters, you know, was like already on the hall of fame track, doesn't really want to change what he's doing. And they just had it out. And uh, he didn't want, like, after he telling me that, he didn't want to go further into it because he, he, like, you could tell his uh, his senses were that I would make too much of it, like, because it wasn't a big deal because then they became very tight. Um, but it was funny, and Kelsey was like, I, he was a rookie. I, I remember thinking, like, I didn't know you could talk to a coach that way. <laughs> like, never heard anything like that. You probably can't, by the way. <laughs> you probably can't. That's just a Peters thing. Um, so, uh, so that was funny. I always feel, like, a little unseemly, like, tweeting out a story after a guy dies like don't you think it's like it's not really about uh, i did like, it i don't know i liked what she no 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 yeah you didn't you didn't link to a story yeah. you'd like told oh, the oh, story. Put out, yeah, like, yeah like i didn't yes. want to like oh yes, look at I this i would agree thing. with that yeah, yeah it feels like a little unless so. you wrote like some type of you know long if right it was all yeah, about if it gives, if it gives yeah. insight on yeah. who the person is yeah, yeah absolutely so it's anyway. it's memorializing them essentially all right back to your game we've got we still got 11 minutes all right, I, I will be quick here. Wide receivers, Deshaun Jackson. His mom may not be the most reliable narrator, but Jackson seems to be following through on some of the steps laid out following his anti-Semitic Instagram post in July. Arthago Whiteside. Arthago Whiteside was named Gatorade Player of the Year in South Carolina, but he was not heavily recruited. Some programs questioned his speed. Quez Watkins. There have been a 500% increase this century in NFL players with the initials QW. <laughs> that's that's shield all the way. All right. So so Quez Watkins is Bo, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and Deshaun Jackson is Bo because yes. I, I, I see, if you hadn't told yeah. him that the rest were shield, he might have thought that was you. Yeah, true. Uh, true. No, I don't think I don't know. Zach would be uh, taking a shot at, uh, yeah. at Deshaun's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, it's uh, not like. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're live. Yeah, and right. and the JJ one is 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 of course from Shields' story down the, South Carolina. Body of curse, yeah, which you it, should all yeah. read. Uh-huh. You got both of them. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. You didn't okay. do Miles Dillard Sanders. And, yeah. yeah. I didn't do okay. a Rager story this summer on purpose. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, tight ends. Ertz. He's a little embarrassed to admit it, but a few years ago, Ertz. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Ertz decided to change the passcode on his phone to one three two seven. That's Rob Gronkowski's record for most receiving yards in a season by a tight end. Goddard, prorated over 15 games because he missed the game himself. That would have given Goddard a year with 97.5 catches and 1,170 receiving yards, which would have been more receiving yards than every tight end in the league except for Travis Kelsey. And then Noah Tangiai. In the pecking order of, of, of measurable achievement on the court, Tangiai is a top two player in the locker room, and guess what? He ain't too. Well, I can assure you that I have not written about him <laughs> since uh, since last week. I was asking you guys about who this person was, so I know that that one's Bo. Uh, and uh, Goddard, I also believe is Bo, and I think Ertz. I feel like that's one of the few things you even you actually do remember from a story of yours. The Ertz password, the Ertz password yeah, thing. Yeah. So uh, so Ertz was me. Uh, Marissa alerts us that 
According to uh, an NFL Network report, the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey are close to a long-term extension. Of course, George Kittle, that news broke this morning. And, of course, who's number three um, that is being mentioned as a potential Yeah, what do you guys think of that? Zach Ertz is next. Is you think Ertz? it's going to happen, like, imminently? Um, I don't know imminently, but I, I, I do believe those two getting their contracts – uh, gives Ertz the ballpark for 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 where he'll shoot for. So I I think that kind of sets it sets the ceiling. I would say he might not say the ceiling, but it sets the ceiling. And then I think he'll he'll come in over Hooper, under Kittle and Kelsey. I don't under s- Kelsey too. Yes, is my guess. Okay. Yeah. I just I don't think that's see. Right. I think that's right. I just don't see any reason for the Eagles to do that until until they have another year of information. There's two years left on his deal and two years left what on Goddard's deal. What more information does he need to give them? I don't know. What if he tears his ACL this year? He has two years left on his deal. They have so, both so, of these so guys with two yeah. years left. Why make the decision now? Well, it would uh, it would give them cap relief, right? I mean, I would have to yes. re- reload, but it would. To do you know, what? Sign Everson you, Griffin? Exactly. You're not doing that now. So, um, as a you know, I, they have enough to get through the season, I, I believe. So, uh, it could be something they would do after the season. I don't know. I mean, yeah, your point is right. If you wanna, if you wanna operate by maintaining optionality and flexibility, which they've gotten into trouble sometimes not doing that, then you would just wait. I mean, what if, like you said, what if Zach Ertz? Uh, we all like Zach Ertz. We don't want him to get injured. What if he were to miss six games, and in those six games, Dallas Goddard averages 125 receiving yards per game? I mean, are you going to sink money into both right. those guys uh, when they're, you know, both their contracts are up? So uh, on the other hand, it's like this is the quarterback's best friend. He's been productive. He's been durable. All the intangibles, everything off the field, immersed into a leadership role, hard worker. Uh, those are the guys you typically reward. But when do you reward them? And, and if one of the reasons for not, you know, bringing in a DeAndre Hopkins was because you didn't want to redo his contract, uh, so if you redo Ertz's, are there going to be other people in there who say redo mine also? Well, I, I, I think that was more their logic, was that if, if they did redo Hopkins, what does that say to guys like Ertz and Cox who, in theory, uh, are expecting to we made just made your life a yes. lot easier. <laughs> yeah. um, this, is an, this is an incredible... Uh, Tweet that uh, Marissa, sorry, to, but Marissa just sent this from Tom Pelissero. The Seahawks cut rookie uh, cornerback uh, Kima, I believe, Siverand this week after he was caught on video trying to sneak a female visitor into the team hotel. However, the follow-up tweet is, uh, is outstanding. The woman was wearing Seahawks gear in an attempt to disguise her as a player, I'm told. It did, <laughs> wow. It did not work. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, I respect the hustle. I kind of respect. Yeah, they yeah. should sign him, I would say. Yeah. Creativity. That's Those are funny. all the guys I would have on my team. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's well, a great effort. You're not going to make it through the season. <laughs> all right. All right. Wait, what do we got? Two all left? Right. We got five yes. minutes. Yeah, tackles and interior line. I will plow through these. Okay. And these ones are probably a little bit harder. Uh, Lane Johnson. Johnson finished last season sixth among tackles in snaps per blown block, 64.5 snaps per blown block, according to Football Outsiders Almanac 2020. Uh, uh, Andre Dillard. Sports Info Solutions had Dillard down for a blown block on 11.1% of his passing snaps. That ranked last of the 92 offensive tackles who played at least 100 snaps. And then Prince Tega Wanogo. The Eagles released undrafted defensive back Prince Smith on Friday, dropping them from two princes to one. I would have made a bad spin doctor's joke here, but I won't actually go ahead now. You know, I saw you tweet that uh, that joke, Bo, about Prince, and I wanted to respond, like, how did you ever have previously have a job like advising on social media? It's going to be like, I can just imagine you, you know, advising these clients. Well, here's what I would do in this situation. And then being like, what the hell? Uh, All right. So uh, I did not, I have not written about Prince. So I know that's Bo. And and that Dill, and I haven't cited the Football Outsiders Almanac yet. So I know that one is about Bo, and I was the Andre Dillard one. Correct. Correct. Okay, and so then last one here. 
Uh, interior offensive line. Peters showed signs of declining, but his rate of blown blocks on passing plays was 2.9%, which ranked 32nd. Isaac Siamalu. Football Outsiders charted Siamalu as having the fifth most, bone, uh, um, fifth most blown blocks in 2019 among interior offensive linemen, though he's punished in that counting stat for playing all 16 games. And then my favorite one here, Nate Herbig. In the Eagles media guide, uh, uh, Nate Herbig's answer to surprisingly good at is floating in water, which means one of two things. Either he's so much better than the rest of us at floating in water as to be truly remarkable, or several people over the course of Herbig's life have come up to him and said something to the effect of, I bet, I bet you can't float in water, dude. I mean, wait, is that true? That's what it says? Yeah. What What's the description? Surprisingly good at, and his answer is floating in water. <laughs> Wow, that is uh, that's outstanding. You, I, I, I am gonna have to read this if it has yeah. more nuggets like that. Uh, yes, Herbig was Bo, uh, Sayamalo <laughs> was Bo, and yeah. who was the other one? Peters was yeah. you. Peters was me. Yeah. In the nerd guide for the Eagles. those were those were great nuggets. Yeah, I feel like we got a little learned about these players. Now you can so find, sure you now you can finally story. read that story, Shield. Now I'll read it. I'll read it and promote it. You can use that printer in the background to print out all 7,200 words. I know. That printer doesn't even work. Like, uh, what are we doing here? We can't get, we got to keep a printer that doesn't even work? That's pathetic. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, like house printers, like 40% of them work. I mean, when's the last time I needed to print something? What are we doing here? I printed three things off today. Oh my today? God. Yes, yes. What did you print? Today, print. What? Uh, different documents that I needed. <laughs> oh, that's so shady. Are you going on a honeymoon? Are you going on a second honeymoon? <laughs> no, 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 no. My my Pat my Shermer's wife needs stuff. Invitation? Yeah. No, my, my 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 wife sees for her job. She needs stuff scanned, and uh, she's uh, she's an HR. So there's different things that she needs printed. Well, so she like printed it. You didn't. But you are you? Well, doing we have a family printer. The, okay. the the printer is in my is in my oh, So she sent so, it to you yeah. so you could do the printing. Yes, Got exactly. It. Okay. Well, I mean, if it's HR stuff, I'm sure you can share whatever the personal information is with all of us. Yeah, why don't you read those out loud? <laughs> uh, that, was, right. that, that was like the one time it was uh, justified for Zach to be a little yeah, That's true. Uh, all right. Well, uh, hopefully you can read them over at, uh, at Barclay Prime. Sorry, uh, sorry if we didn't get to all these comments. We have an uh, athletic meeting here, but we appreciate all those, and uh, you'll be able to watch this as a replay. Uh, now, I'm going to need to continue to see those reviews pour in on the uh, Apple Podcast page. Everyone did a great job, but it wasn't just 10 for the whole season. you got to keep those bad boys coming. I know. That's right. And next week, as long as camp starts, Craning Camp Daily Pods. Get excited. Get ready. So uh, not on video. I'm not though, so right? sure that Marissa knows what she's in for with these, but, uh, <laughs> I'm but here we go. We've never had a producer for them. Yeah, usually it was the two of that. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason for that. That's right. Uh, but we also are not going to be allowed to be in the same room. So well, yes. I guess we need it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thanks uh, to the handful of you who watched live and uh, the millions of you who are going to watch later. And. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week for Zach and Sheil and Marissa. I'm Bo, and as always, we love you. Birds with friends.